Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the TJL Podcast. As always, it's Tyler Layfield bringing you this episode, and today we have a, a, a former person that's been on the show now two times going on three weeks straight. It's Torres. Finney. How's it going, Torres? <laughs> What's going on, Tyler? I love it, man. What's up? Like I no. said, this podcast is incredible. I'm loving it. Yes, sir. Great. Yes, sir. Great having you back on. I had to really rely on you this week because uh, – was one of my other guys this this uh this week, Kiever. He hasn't watched the Last Dance. I was gonna talk a little bit about it with him, but uh, he he's he unfortunately doesn't watch it, so we can't cover it. I wanted to talk about it some, so um, you know, I, it, it, the it man I gotta go to. You're the go to guy. You man. know it's hard sometimes. We gotta get Michael Jordan, the LeBron fan. Sometimes it's hard. I know he said he don't watch it since it's not LeBron. He didn't say that's the reason, but uh-huh. I'm pretty sure if it was LeBron. His eyes would have been glued to the TV. So. <laughs> he's, he's always kind of. I mean, obviously, I think. I mean, I'm not the most extreme, but I'm. I'm pretty. I'm pretty high up there when it comes to my fandom yeah. of LeBron. Yeah. But Kiefer yeah. ain't quite at my level. I don't think. No, he's not. He's not at your level. No, no, no. He's not yeah. at your level. I, I've met some LeBron extremists, and it's. Crazy. Uh, yeah, like yeah. I, I'm willing to acknowledge, you know, some things. So I, I try not to be. Too, too stubborn and set in my way. There he is, Kaver. There he is, speak of the devil in the background. Oh, Say something God. for him, Kaver. Hey, everybody. I was glad to be on the other day. It's it's good to be on two in a row. I think I'm the first one to get on two in a row now. It's, it seems there like. There he is. Yeah. So, yeah, go ahead. I win the Podcaster of the Year award already. <laughs> Groundbreaking. Oh, my championship belt. Oh, my God. Groundbreaking. <laughs> Well, this is a um an easy way to kind of break the Zoom rule where you can get uh you know more, more than you know two people on without paying. I guess yeah, have you guys together over there. So. I know. Keep it if you want to hop in, <laughs> yeah. Keep it if you want to hop in on some stuff, you're more than welcome. But uh, so we're we're going to talk about Last Dance today. Um, but before we start, I, I was even mentioning to you know to Torres like we could cover some of the like latest news. There ain't too much going on, but uh, something that kind of popped up on um. Bleacher report yesterday that popped up on my phone was um, apparently the the Warriors are going to be going all in for Giannis um, here coming up when his contract is done and Torres hadn't heard about it yet and he was about to start going off on a rant. I was like, save it for the show. Let's uh, let's I, I want to hear your fresh take. So now's your chance. Go at it. What do you think? Yes, I'm not gonna lie. When you when you literally just told me that, I was freaking like, whoa, wait a minute now. I wasn't yeah. okay. I was okay. I look. I wasn't the biggest fan, but I was okay when Kevin Durant went to the Warriors. I was okay with that, mm. but I, I understood it. I understood it, but it's not like they won the championship year for it. Yeah, they were very good, but they didn't win it. And yeah. even when they did get Kevin Durant, they still went seven games with the Houston Rockets in the Western Conference. It's not like yeah. they were just molly walking through everybody because it wasn't. I mean, they had really good records, and then you, obviously, you know, they went undefeated through the playoffs the first year, but they still struggled. Obviously, you see when they struggled with the Spurs with Kawhi, and they still went five games with Cleveland. Did the next year, as I said, it went seven games with the Rockets. They went seven games with the Rockets two years in a row. And a lot of people believe if Chris Paul didn't get injured, Kevin Durant, I mean, they could have still beat the Warriors. With that would have been great. I really would have loved that if, if if Chris Paul would not have gotten injured, man. Because before before if if most of y'all that watched that series before he got hurt, the man was getting buckets. He was splashing threes in Curry's face, bro. Like I'm being dead yeah. serious. You remember that? He was just yanking yeah, them up and they were that. dropping. And then started man. Shimmying. <laughs> yeah, he was but he was besides, hot. But besides all of that, what really gets me is that for Giannis to say, I now see this is more of the Giannis part. 
I understand the Warriors making that. Because if you're a team like the Warriors, I mean, if there's any team in the NBA, you want to go for the best player, regardless of how it looks. As an organization, you always want the best player. But yeah. for the players, when you look at it legacy-wise, do you always want to say, hey, I was on a team full of stars? I mean, does it hurt the Kevin Durant legacy a little bit? i say it does a little yeah. bit. But I'm not taking away his two rings because he still had to earn them. He still had to go through the playoffs. And he's not. And like I said, it's not like he was mollywhopping everybody. They still were having very close series where he still had to show up. And he was the best player on both of those teams. He was. Thing with Giannis, thing with Giannis making that same decision, Giannis is going through, like, the upbringing of his career, the upstart. I, I really hope think, he doesn't do it. I hope he don't need it. And he got really the Bucks to the number it. one seed. He has the pieces. If he makes it, I truly believe the Bucks are going to go to the final this year anyway. Now? I think so. Seeing them either play the Lakers or the Clippers, depending on how he played, because last year he didn't come through in that series last year no. against the, uh, the Raptors. I mean, when he when they had to depend on him, he didn't come through. He choked mm-hmm. a lot of those series. That's the reason why they lost the sixth game, especially that home game that they should have had. He didn't come through. So those type of situations, Giannis got to grow through. And I think him staying on the bus would be better instead of going and try to be on the Warriors. Because I'm telling you, the Warriors are going to be stacked regardless. They're going to have the number yeah. one seed this upcoming season. They had the worst record in the NBA. So they're going to have the number one seed. You got Steph and Clay coming back. Then you still got – I mean, you got, you got Draymond. Draymond. Yeah, and then they still Anthony have Wiggins. money. Or Andrew He's Wiggins, Andrew, I mean. Andrew Wiggins, like, dude, man, they don't need him. Yeah. But, yes. So I think. What, what did, wait, wait, have they heard about it? Has Kiever and them heard about it? Uh, yes. He just thought, yeah, because I just heard about it just then from you. Yeah. And I was shocked. I was like, what the freak? <laughs> yeah. But it's yes. just, I don't know. I, I, I kind of now I'll, I'll agree with you on most parts about KD. Uh, I think he did. You know, like he he came like it's the way he did it is how is the reason I didn't like what he did. It's the reason the reason I hate how like what he I, I didn't mind him leaving. That's not like don't get me wrong on that. I didn't mind him leaving OKC. That that's fine. But it was it was who he went to that really that really irked me. It was the fact that the dude had the chance to knock these people out. He was up three one on them in the in the Western Conference Finals. Blew that. He's been doing NBA Finals before with, you know, pretty much the same exact team. Like, you can do it. You can do it without him. Like, I mean, I think you could have done it without him. And um, I don't know. It's they just – A lot of people said during that Finals, I mean, during that year, that the best team that 2016 year would possibly be the Oklahoma City Thunders. And I truly believe that. Yeah. I thought they were better than the Warriors that year. Because people don't remember the uh, San Antonio Spurs that 2016 year went 39 and one at home. They went in the playoffs. The Spurs didn't lose a home game at all in that first round. They took mm-hmm. two home games from the Spurs in that series. Beat the Spurs in six games. And you got to remember that Spurs team had obviously Tim Duncan. He was on his last leg though, but they had Tim Duncan, LaMarcus Aldridge, Kawhi Leonard, Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili. They had a lot of guys. Yeah. And that same Spurs team beat the Warriors twice in that seven three and nine season. So, I thought the Thunders had the team to do it. And the Thunders went up 3-1. They had the big men, obviously, you know, Steven Adams, Ernest Cantor, Serge yeah. Ibaka. Playing. But then in the middle of the freaking series, we went up 3-1. Serge Ibaka started going out to the three-point line trying to shoot threes. Yeah. I mean, he, 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 can, he technically can't shoot, but, yeah, it's just it's not the right move at that point. No, time. not at that time when you've been dominating inside the paint the entire series. And then yeah. once you go out to the three-point line, the craziest thing about it, 
he kept shooting threes, even in trying in the crunch moments, he kept trying to shoot threes, they were missing them. That's when Draymond rebounds started to go up. Hey, then you start seeing Curry rebounds going up. That's when you knew it was a problem. It was yeah. like, what is going on? Like, why the, and then obviously you saw the Kevin Durant started throwing the ball away at the end of the game. I mean, I fought Oklahoma City more on their play than anything else. And Kevin Durant leaving, he should have stayed because he had the team. He did. They had, they had built around now, him. Like the, everything yeah, was literally built for him. They before guys before they before he left, they even traded away. Who, who did they tra- They traded away Serge because Serge, you know yeah. with all he did, they got Oladipo and Sabonis, both and assist, two of right. which are are doing great right now. Like I mean, Oladipo, you know, obviously he got hurt, but before he got hurt, the man was going off. Sabonis was a was he an All Star this year? He was an All Star, wasn't yeah. he? Oh uh, yes, yeah, yeah. And dude is nice. So I mean, like. It isn't like he left this team like that. He left a bunch of scrubs. The team was built for him. And like, obviously, for real. he didn't leave the team with a bunch of scrubs. But guess what? They made the playoffs the next two years. So I, yeah. I you know, I just don't. And then obviously, you saw when Russell Westbrook eventually won MVP. So I think they always had the team. They had the pieces. Heck, I think they had the coaching. But it depends on what you do in the crunch time, mm-hmm. and that comes from more to mentality and heart. And he didn't have it yet. And you you saw that. And when he didn't have to come through in crush time with the Warriors, I mean, you got Clayton Curry. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're right. It, so, how I kind of think about it, I mean, you can arguably say, I mean, it's pretty – I don't think anybody's really going to go against this, but you could say KD's probably the second best scorer since MJ. And, like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, he's, he's the best one since, since MJ. And – you know, you can make a case that he could be the best one. Hey, you, I'm, I'm yeah, he could be. He really dispute. could. I'm and not going to dispute that, really. I just – the thing is, it's – you know, how I kind of think about it, KD, he really – you can tell by the stuff he's done off the court that he really cares about what people think. You know, having the burner account. Yes. Uh, it's it's pretty well known. Like, the dude actually does care about what we think about him. And, I've, you know, yeah. not all every player is like that. When I think when he made the decision to go to the Warriors – that that was like – he's like, you know what, I'm not going to be one of these guys that, you know, goes out without a ring. He's like, I'm going to pretty much you know, get me a guaranteed ring, that kind of thing. To me, how I kind of look at that, you saw when Jordan – you know, we're watching these MJ documentaries right now, The Last Dance. These mm. years that he was getting beat up, torn down, they would get so close to beating the Pistons, and then they would lose. Pistons, yeah. And, and they would lose, yeah. This dude – all right, so he made it to the finals, lost to the Heat. You know what I'm saying? Now, I'm not going to crack the guy for that. You know, you lost to a great team. You, you lost know, that, a great team. They and probably you lost to another man that was searching for a ring. So <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. He, he so yeah. I don't, you know, what I'm saying I'm not gonna crack on him about that. Then you know he gets up three one on the on the Warriors and they end up blowing that. I guess he just cracked. Jordan, I guess that's yeah. something that's different about Jordan. The dude never cracked. He kept on going going at it. That's that's where I kind of like draw the line with it. You know, it's it's what you do in those moments of adversity, you know, are you going to be the guy that's going to jump ship or are you going to be the guy that hangs, hangs with it and, you know, sees it to completion? He, he just does. You're right. Out of the jump but ship. you know what? You know what? See that. And I think that is what, see, this thing can go both ways because the way that a lot of people in society thinks is like, okay, if you start with something, you got to finish it and you got to finish it on that path. But, who said? Who says is it wrong to you can't become the goat on going on different teams? Yeah. Because I think people say, oh, well, since he didn't, he didn't endure the two more, he didn't endure everything else. He left. See, that's the thing that's a little different. 
because the way Michael Jordan had his path, I mean, he still had great management. Eventually, they got him players around with him to mm-hmm. help him those seven years of not having a championship. Mm-hmm. Where compared to LeBron, LeBron didn't get that same management. No, he did he not. Same. KD had it made in the shade compared to them two, man. Exactly. See, KD had help. He had great management, in my opinion. Oh, he had great, I mean, obviously, he had great teammates. But look what they did. Out. Exactly. Exactly. So, to me, it just – I think he didn't want to wait too long because, he, like you said, he started listening. Because i never forget the interview with Charles Barkley. And Charles Barkley was talking about he could become another me. A great oh, player that didn't have it, or he could become another Carl Malone. Then Carl yeah. Malone, the second all-time leading scorer, and look at him, got no rings. John Stockton, first all-time in assists. Look at him, got no rings. Exactly. They, looking at it that way instead of looking at the path, and I think Kevin Durant, regardless of his path, like guys. I mean, obviously you got guys like yeah. I think Giannis gonna still be an all-time great player. Now, yeah. rings push that up. Obviously, like to yeah. me, if Leonard one wins a third ring. On the Clippers, I mean, I'm starting to pit him top fifteen. Top yeah, 10. no, no, he, he, he's definitely game. got he's got time to you know make uh, it. Yeah, up. I mean, yeah, if you win three so. ten championships on three different teams while being the MVP of every single one of them, that has never been done in the history of basketball, and yeah. that shows that shows a lot. Now, obviously, like I always say, facts without context are irrelevant, but. The facts would be he won three championships on three different teams, been three finals MVPs for all of them. Yeah. But the context is you still got to look at the team, the Spurs team. Look what he had. The Rap- I'm not saying the Raptors weren't bad. I mean, the Raptors uh, weren't all that good. But what I'm trying to say is his past a little bit because look at the Warriors. Look at what he didn't do. He didn't have to play the Kevin Durant Warriors. But he still had to get through the East because it's not like he just walked. The East, East. that wasn't that wasn't no cakewalk. I mean, he had to beat no, the Seventy no Sixers. He had to beat the Bucks. I mean, yeah, like he, he had a you know a pretty the Magic. People don't remember that the Magic. He still had to beat the Magic. Yeah. So he still he still had a hard road. That's why I'm not discrediting. He elevated that team too. Like I, I'm always dude. Yeah. I, I gained a lot of respect for him last season. They they really took on his demeanor like. They were all business about it. You know, they, they were talking about the way that the Raptors would, like, you know, enter into the arena or when they were leaving, they wouldn't be, you know, it'd be straight bases, all business. Yeah. They weren't stopping to do nothing. It was just, you know, we're here to win. That's it. Case closed. And they really took that on. He led them, you know, with a with a bum leg and everything. You know, he, he was going out there. The team got hot at the right time. Van Vliet, the, the change that happened with him was ridiculous. Gasol mm-hmm. stepped up. That trade for him was was en- enormous. Serge really stepped up. Pascal. So it ain't like they had a bad team, but it, they definitely would not have made that without no. him. They like yeah, no. they needed somebody like him. And no. uh, you know, I mentioned Kyle Lowry in there too. I feel like he's, he's worth mentioning. That's true. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so but um, but yeah, Giannis Giannis to the Warriors though. So if this was to happen, um, I haven't done too much. You know, searching into this, but would they be? You know, like do you think they would have to get rid of somebody to? to create that cash base because Steph's getting paid right now. Clay, Clay's getting paid. Uh, Draymond has a pretty decent contract. And then uh, Andrew Wiggins, he's, he's still on the books for a while and he's got, he's getting paid big money. So I'm wondering where they would get that, that shimmy from like, you know, that, that wiggle room. So I guess they would they have to package open. that pick with maybe like a Wiggins or something to get it. They him. could, they could do that. They could do that because having another one, the first overall draft pick, there's a lot of pieces that are coming out of the draft this year that can be really helpful. 
Mm-hmm. They can make a lot of that. They can open up that cap space a lot by trading to some of those uh, lower teams that are already down there with them. Or they can try to trade to some of those higher teams to open up some of that cap space and trade some of their bench players. Mm-hmm. Because they picking up Giannis, I think, would be beneficial for them, especially – they they struggled a little bit with the big man because they really the Warriors really never ever had a big man. They yeah. really didn't. And he and he's more of a dominant threat inside. They wouldn't play him at center, but I mean they can space Draymond out a little bit. And plus defensively, they'll be easily top two, top three, if not one, the best defensive team in the NBA. Like they yeah. could potentially be in the Clippers because you got Giannis, you got Draymond, you got Clay, and you got somebody that can guard the guard, you got somebody that can guard both the four and the five. So and you got no problem because they both they both they all rebound tremendously. So mm-hmm. you really ain't gonna have no problem at all if you get Giannis defensively, and the offense is just gonna work. And probably they'll go work through Giannis. I mean, Curry is still the facilitator, but I mean, if Curry crazy, Curry opens, that, that, that would be hard to beat. I mean, I don't see. I mean, I don't know. I don't know why everybody wants to go to the West like this, but. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. <laughs> so. I mean, it's not necessarily he wants to go. It's that the Warriors are going to pursue it. So, I mean, it, for all we know, it may not even, you know, this could just be all, you know, smoke. I mean, I already know that the Heat are going to make a run at him. Pat Riley, he always likes to set his sights in on the next big thing. So, you know, he's going to go after him. Even yeah. if the money really isn't all there, he's still going He's going to work his best to get that. That's something I really admire mm-hmm. about him. But obviously there's going to be other people in play. But that's just uh, one of the latest leaks here. Um Next up on the news is the NFL schedule came out yesterday. I uh, felt it was worth, you know, at least mentioning here on the show. But, you know, what, what are some things that you kind of noticed from the schedule? Did you get a chance to really look at it? I, I looked at it a little bit, but not too much into detail. Yeah, I did. I looked at some games. Um, pretty interesting. One of my favorites was the NFC South, obviously, you know, mm-hmm. been in the South. but uh, It's going to be crazy. I looked at my I looked at my Pittsburgh Steelers schedule. I had to make sure my Steelers was right. Yeah. You know, we I see I see I can see an eleven and five, you know, ten and six for the Steelers. I can. I can. I'm getting some faces, but I can. Uh <laughs> but yes, <laughs> I can see the Steelers. I mean, shoot, hey, well. you you did you were just, you know, this close to making the playoffs without I even know. having a real quarterback. So I mean Plus plus this year is the year for the seventh seed. So, um, I'm okay with that. Yeah, y'all would have made it if, if the current rules were in place. You would have made yes. it. So, no, yeah, I, we would have made it. Yes. I don't think it's outside the realm of possibilities. This year, yeah, this year is the seventh seed year. Next year will be the 17 game scheduling. Yes. Yeah. So, I, I think I think for a fact the students can make it. I mean, I don't see us losing to the Ravens twice, especially Big Ben coming back. So mm-hmm. I know we're gonna be good. Plus, we're gonna have our top tier defense back once again. We got receivers with Deontay Johnson and Juju. And yes, and then we have this new receiver we just got out of the draft. He's huge. They call him the oh uh, Claypool. Claypool, that's right. The, what is he? The the uh, Notre Dame eighty three. The they call him the Canadian Megatron. Canadian so, Megatron. I like wow. him. Okay, I love him. Hey, he killed he killed Georgia in Notre Dame versus Georgia. I know that him and him and uh, Cole Komet, they were they were working Georgia in that in that uh, Notre Dame game. Oh, so. I'm gonna be really happy to see what we can do. First game of the season against the Giants on the road Monday night. So I, I think we I, I got think that we can one. Get yeah. Yeah. Uh, the the that. most interesting week one game I saw, um I'm looking forward to seeing this just from you know, just seeing what it looks like is Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus New Orleans Saints week one. That's going to be fun. 
And you know what? That that's the game where it's gonna be really interesting because they're using that game. I think they scheduled that right. Now I'm not saying the league likes to have Tom Brady always win, but they have him out a lot. Yes. <laughs> so they, I think they scheduled that first game really to give him a chance because a lot of times, first game of the season is a lot of people are resting, mm-hmm. right? And to have them play. The New Orleans Saints, the first game of the season, on the road. What's the hardest place to win at? Probably the NFL. It's probably New Orleans, and you yeah, got yeah. Seattle. Exactly. Yes, Seattle for so, sure, and then yeah, New Orleans is right up there too. So playing in New Orleans when there's could potentially be no fans, potentially we don't know. Um, having Tom Brady eventually get out of his offense with that team, eventually first game type deals, especially if they do have preseason. I mean, obviously, I think he's going he gonna to play a little good bit with preseason this year. He usually don't play many preseason games, but he'll play a lot more this year, I believe, mm-hmm. a little bit. And first game, get it under his belt. And I think Tampa Bay might steal that game in New Orleans because the first game of the season. Now, I say Tampa Bay is going to be pretty decent. They still have – they had number one rush defense last year. A lot of – nearly all those guys are coming back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, obviously, we know of all their offensive weapons with Rob Gronkowski and – um, uh, dang, can't think of his name. Um, Mike oh, Evans, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, yeah. OJ Chris Howard, OJ Howard. I mean, yes, they and picked up a, a wide receiver in the draft that looks really good too, and they upgraded the offensive line. So, yes, so to me, I think that's going to be a really good division. The NFC South is going to be incredible with the Saints, you know, and Drew Brees and those guys, and the Bucks and the Falcons. I mean, I saw the Falcons. You see the Falcons final three games. I mean, they got the Bucks. Chiefs, Bucks, and this oh, could God. be three games that you need to get into the playoffs. Oh, and you got to play these guys the final three weeks of the game of the season. <laughs> Not, uh, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really like that if um, if I was a Falcons fan. But I, I think they, I think they're capable of, um, of uh, you know, making, you know, getting getting some wins. Um, I, I don't know if you know, you know what I'm saying. Like, what's the realistic spot for them? Because I, I mean, I think you you have to give the edge to. Tampa Bay and New Orleans out of this division, but where does yeah, you know yeah. How, how do you see the the Falcons maybe breaking in? To me, it, it's tough. I have to look more at the schedule, but the Falcons had a hard schedule, bro. I mean, you're already in a hard, you're already in the toughest division. I mean, and it's still no give me games with the Panthers because mm-hmm. you know no telling how they're going to be this year. Um. And then what the then you got to play the AFC West this year. You got Denver. You got the Raiders, who I think are going to be much better this year. The Chargers. I don't know how to, how good the Chargers are going to be, but and obviously, yeah. so you you got a tough schedule. And then I think they play don't they play the NFC East this year? I believe. I think, so. think so. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I saw a couple, at least one or two NFC East teams. Yeah. So if you're playing the NFC East this year, then you got. A lot of those games, there's no gimme games on that one either. Mm-hmm. How those teams play. Those teams are one week they're either really good or one week they're up in the air. So you don't know how they come. And then you, you got to understand how Atlanta comes to different week to week games. So um, I don't know. It's going to be really interesting to see. I think this football season is going to be really good, actually, because I'm excited. I'm excited to see how so many teams play. You know, I'm excited to see how the Cowboys play, getting the new head coach, uh, Mike yeah. McCarthy. Um, I'm excited to see what the Bengals go do within our division. I mean, yeah, they got Joe Burrow. Excited to see what the Browns gonna do. Is this finally 
so-called so-called Baker Mayfield breakthrough. They talk about Baker Mayfield so much. I've been ready to see how he's gonna come out. So mm-hmm. make a break can, for him. That, that you're right about that. So it's time to see what he's made of. Yeah. Well, all right. So let's let's get into this uh, this this week's episodes of uh, Last Dance a little bit. I know we got a pretty good bit to cover. Um, really, to kind of start off that first episode this weekend. Um, they start off with the All Star Game, and uh, you know about got a little tear in my eye. You know, I mean, I know we see a lot of Kobe stuff out there, but you know, showing showing a young Kobe. They're they're talking about him, talking trash shows MJ in there. Yeah, that little Laker boy, you know, he's – he'll take him all those shots. He says, if I was his teammate, uh, he misses four shots in a row, I'm not giving him the ball again. He's going to have to get a rebound if he wants to shoot again. So, <laughs> what you, what you think about that? Um, I thought it was a great um, um, memorial towards Kobe. You know, mm-hmm. he was and, and a little bit for, foretelling of how he was going to be in the, in the league eventually. And you actually go back and look at that 1998 All-Star team. I mean, good Lord. I mean, the whole game, the all-star game. I mean, yeah, Kevin Garnett in it, Shaq, Kobe, MJ, Tim Duncan, Clyde Drexler, Carl Malone. I mean, you had some dudes in that Loaded. So, you know, I just think that the way that they did that episode was perfect. You know, we all wish that we could have been having the opportunity to listen to more of Kobe. You know, because like you said, he really adored Michael, and you saw it in his game. I mean, mm-hmm. the mentality, the the drive, and as we're going to, I mean, as you say, the competitive drive. I mean, boy, some of the stuff that they talked about with MJ, and then some of the things that came after the episodes were finished, like they talked about Horace Grant. They said with Horace Grant, after the game, if he didn't have a good game, he would tell the person that would feed the team not to feed him, and they wouldn't feed him because Michael Jordan said, "Yeah, that's crazy. Like that's some crazy stuff." It's not right, man. I, I, I he would take it to some extremes, that's for sure. Or punt. I mean, obviously fighting team. But see, a lot of people want to change it differently, and I've seen some viewpoints like Michael Jordan competitive advantage or drive is different from others. Mm-hmm. We might think it's crazy or psychotic, but he. He thinks that that's what it takes to win. And yeah. Kobe, Kobe was on that same trail. Kobe wanted to be the same way. And you saw he treated his teammates very similar in some cases. You're so, right. You're right. And obviously, I think that's what ran off Shaq a little bit. I mean, they couldn't get head-to-head. And Shaq he didn't like when Shaq, Shaq was, was getting fat. He told him, yeah, you know, like, you need yeah. to get, your, you know, get in shape. Like, get in shape. Because Shaq was like, we're still winning. But Kobe like, we can win even more. We yes. can be even more dominant. See, a lot of people don't think that way. They think, well, we're winning. We're winning championships. You know, we don't want three in a row. I mean, what's the problem? Mm-hmm. And Kobe was like, we don't want three in a, more, three in a row, but instead of being these guys in six games or seven games, let's sweep them. Let's go win five in a row. Let's go win six in a row. You know, they have that competitive drive. They want to be like that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, it's, it takes a toll to be that way. I yeah. mean, to take a thousand shots every day after practice or – they wake up. That's true. Like after like playoff games, finals games, he was he would like stay after in the in the arena and you know work on his free throws or something like that. Free like throws. that stuff you grew up hearing about. It's it's definitely yeah. something that um you know you make a hundred free admire. throws in a row. That's crazy. Yeah. And if you miss one, you start over. Like oh my gosh. Like yeah. that's 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 <laughs> that's got to be that's that's dedication, crazy. man. That's what it takes to be the best. I mean, that's the reason why we're talking about these guys. We're talking about these guys because of how hard they work. 
Mm-hmm. And you can side with Jordan a little bit on some things, but some of he probably did take over the edge. But it it made him who he is. I mean, yeah. the highest paid athlete in the history of basketball, probably in the history ever of, of the world. I mean, obviously you ain't gonna be beat out some boxers because boxers obviously get paid. Yeah, they, they get a lot. But still, he is. You know. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm glad they were able to get Kobe. You know, before everything happened, to you know that you know they got a, like a, a live interview with him and everything in there, and um, you know he talked about you know he talked to the Laker fans like said you know there would be no you know, me, if it wasn't for him, the fact that, you know, he took me under his wing, he worked with me. He said, I was never afraid to go to him for like advice, for help. Um, Jordan taught him a lot of stuff that ended up translating over to him, you know, winning a lot of those championships. So it it was great, you know, seeing that part of it. Um, You know, like we see a lot of Kobe stuff, but that was really cool. Just seeing that, you know, up close and personal. The next thing though, that they they started kind of breaking into was like the, when, Jordan, I kind of, I kind of want to touch on a little bit when the shoe brands were coming after him. So like, uh, he originally wanted to be an Adidas guy, and yes. Adidas passed up on him. So thought that was interesting, um, you know. And then there was, you know, who else was in the play? There was Converse. They didn't Converse. That was the big Converse one. Converse. Yeah, it was more of the. It was more like of an NBA shoe because mm-hmm. they had a sponsorship with him, Magic John. No, I'm not with Michael Bud. With Magic, Larry Bird, and Bernard King. Bernard yeah, there's yeah. some others in there, but yeah, those were the three they highlighted. Mm-hmm. But that was the big shoe of the NBA at that time, Converse. And I'm so fun. I love the story. You know, Michael Mom had to convince him to get on the plane to go because mm-hmm. he was like, you know, nobody, everybody knew who Nike was, but nobody didn't care for no Nike. It was like a track shoe. It wasn't a basketball. You know, sneaker. yeah, it was a, yeah, it was no basketball sneaker. But boy, when they gave them all the right, and then like they say, when they saw that deal, compared to the deals other time, like they say, the Converse deals were like a hundred thousand, where Nike offered them two hundred fifty thousand. Yeah, that was a big deal at the time, and it was like, wow, why is this rookie getting all this money, and he haven't played a single, you know, play at all in basketball, and he he got all that money, and boy, they paid off really well because Adidas yes. passed on him. It's Adita, all she wrote after after that, man, like. Now, you know, Nike's huge. I'm a, I'm a big Nike guy. Like, I, you know, I, I really, you know, they, they have a lot of my favorite athletes, you know, signed on with them and everything. So, I, I keep up with with Nike a good bit. But that's really – there would be no Nike today like, like we know it without Michael. And yeah. Jordan is still a very popular brand. You know, people are still lining up outside stores to, you know, get the newest ones and everything. Never quite understood that. Like, I've never been a big sneakerhead, but there's a big culture behind that kind of stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I, I even know a, I have, like, a friend that for a while there, he would – he's like, you know, you, you probably know some people like this too, but they would, like, flip sneakers. They would buy them for, like, one price and then flip them, like, a little while later on Dude, for, for yes. a profit and stuff. A so, lot of people that do that, yes. That's beyond yes. me, but – it's just it's just crazy, um, but yeah, Jordan he really took that and ran with it, and you know became a huge star off that. You know they it basically it turned, you know, and we see it a lot now today with, you know they they they've been mentioned in the documentary. You know people didn't wear basketball sneakers outside the court. You know no, back then. they wear for fashion. He once they came up with the Jordans, people started wearing these things casually. And yeah. from then it was, you know, like I said, it's all she wrote like that. Now, you know, you can't go anywhere without, you know, probably seeing a pair. So that's pretty true. cool. Yeah. Pretty cool. 
Uh, next that, thing I want to really interesting. Yeah, that's really interesting when you think about it, like how he changed the fashion things of how things have gone on in sports. Like now it's more of a fashion thing. Like on the court, you got like Air Jordans and um, the, the final the shoes he wore in the finals. People wear those to parties now. So that's yeah, <laughs> you know that's that's pretty wild when you think about it. So. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, great point. The next, uh, next thing they they talked about the Knicks. So like when the Knicks were really coming after the, uh, you know, the Bulls in the Eastern Conference Finals, I believe it was was it ninety three? I think 90, it was. Yeah, you had ninety three. The ninety three in Knicks, yes. Yes, and then that that was a huge thing. I think um, was it six games or seven games it went to? I can't I can't really remember. I remember that in the process it was seven seven games. Seven. So and it was kind of looking for a little while, like the Knicks were gonna pull away. They went up two zero on them. I want to say, yeah, yeah the, they did. The Bulls had to come back on that, and um, you know, and you said that you watched a good bit of you know Jordan highlights. You said for a while that you you actually went through and watched them just to see what it was like, you know, watching Jordan during that time. This Knicks team, it was it was a huge team. They had Patrick Ewing, Charles Oakley. Uh, what's the? They had another guy underneath. Who was that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They John Starks. And their guards were really kind of depleted. I know they had John Starks. They had a young Greg Anthony that really wasn't contributing a whole lot. And then they had Doc Rivers. That was really all they had yeah. at guard just about. Yeah. But then they had another Charles Smith. Charles Oakley. Char- and, Charles and, then, Oakley. and then they had another big man, though, the guy that missed all those layups at the end of that game. You remember what I'm talking about? Like, yeah, that, That's Ewing? No, there was another one. I'll have to look it up here in a second. But really, they were pretty much trotting out like three big men and two guards you know, most of the game. And really, if you go back and watch, I, I went back and watched a little bit of highlights. And if you go back and watch, they were like, you know, it, it was really a problem, you know, for the Bulls at that time because they had so much size and, you know, the, the Bulls couldn't really match up with, you know, Ewing, Oakley. And then I'm trying to figure this guy's name. But um, they couldn't really match up. But what they basically ended up doing, and they didn't really go into too much detail with it, in um in the dock this past week but they started pressing them full court pressing and basically made those big men have to become ball handlers and back then you know like it's hard for us to kind of think about it now because everybody can dribble now aau growing up you know anthony davis you know he's a big man very prominent big man in the nba he can dribble you know what I'm saying? There's there's guys that are huge now that can dribble back then if you were big you just you weren't really doing it you know yeah uh, really, it it really messed with them, and uh, they really pushed them, you know, hard in that in that series. And what we kind of end up leaking into is this. Uh, and, you know, it kind of takes a turn in the documentary. But Jordan goes with his dad to a casino out in um, Atlantic City, and that becomes a huge thing. And from then on, it kind of takes a turn for the worse when it comes to like the media. And this is what. Ultimately, the the documentary hints at being um, the real kind of sole reason that Jordan decides to retire early. Um, is there anything you kind of noticed, you know, in that aspect, or you know, if you want to touch on the Knicks real quick, like what you kind of noticed in that part of the documentary? Well, as they said in the documentary, they was more talking about how you know the Knicks was implementing the Pistons' defense on the Bulls the same way that they had. I mean, the same way the Pistons do it, the hacker. Yeah. Tackle Jordan, you know, not really at the foul, but be physical with them and get get tough with them, push them down, make them earn every layup. Don't let them dunk on you, you know. Exactly. Before he rises up, 
keep them on the ground, knock them to the ground, you know, and that type of stuff. They wouldn't call it. Those weren't flagrants at the time. You had to nearly kill a man to get a flagrant, and mm-hmm. they did that a lot of times. And that was just regular old fouls. So times were different, you know. I mean, I even seen one play when they one of the players fell to the floor. He was hurt. The referee pulled him off the floor out yes. of bounds so they can keep. <laughs> Crazy. So, so you know that's wild. So, but yes, when you think about it now, I say that. Jordan still had to go through a lot of things before he got to the finals. And when he went through some of those turmoils, I think it helped him gain. Like, going through that Pistons series, not on him. Yeah, Scotty, all those other guys. All those guys going through that Pistons series, it helped them all. So, generally, I think that's what helped them overcome and get through it. Because you saw in the documentary, like Jordan said, I wouldn't worry. I mean, yeah, we were down 2-0, but I wouldn't worry. Because I had a lot of, like you said, he had a lot of confidence in himself. And he just needed to get his mind off basketball. Because sometimes, something like, if Michael Jordan said, I think all of us can attest to it a little bit, that if you have your mind on something for too long, all your energy and something too, sometimes it's okay to take a break. Mm-hmm. There ain't nothing wrong with taking a break here and there. And that's what he wanted to take, a break. And everybody was like, well, you were gambling. And you didn't have your mind on the game. You're down 2-0. Well. I mean, it showed that him yeah. going to go gamble, it helped him. I mean, some people take different avenues on what they deem as a break, you know, mm-hmm. or or getting their head out of things. But, like, for him, he liked to gamble. And like yes. you said, he gambled because he had fun with it. But the problem with – I mean, a lot of people thought, like, when you gamble, you, you know, throwing away sometimes your fortunes or stuff you make. But he, like he said, if he ever gambled – and it affected his family, he would stop doing it. But he said he never gambled to the point it affected him. Mm-hmm. And obviously you can see, because look at all, he's a, bil- he's a billionaire. He got a lot yeah. of money. Like they said, he was gambling money that a lot of people would never gamble, because that's too much money. You it's know, gambling hundreds of thousands. Not, I mean, millions, just gambling. But he got the money to do that. Mm-hmm. So that's why he deemed it as fun, while others deem it as more of, why, why are you gambling? You know? And now I can't. I'm not really gonna side with him because I don't think he should be gambling in the first place. But yeah, but it's funny. I mean, and it's, it's what he wants to do with it. And if he has fun doing with, it, I mean, I really, you really can't fault the man. There's really nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong or against the law for him to be gambling. No. But now, it's it's more of do you agree with it? Like a lot of people ain't gonna agree with that. You know, I'm probably yes, especially you know during the you know an Eastern Conference Finals, like you said, when you're down 2-0, then it be st- starts to become a question. And yeah, really, the media during that time, like it was after that when he became quote unquote like a, he never really was a bad guy, you know. No, uh, you know when everybody like at that time he was widely regarded, people loved him, everything, but he kind of took on like, oh, so he's not perfect, you know, like. He does have his, you know, his problems. You know, he has these gambling yeah. issues. And really, it started becoming like a thing where they were asking about it constantly. And he just got tired of it. And, you know, it eventually goes into the documentary saying that, you know, he took like a two-week hiatus there where he wouldn't even talk to the media at all. And yeah. that really became like – I think he was just tired of dealing with it. He was tired of dealing with all the, the questions um at that time you know just you know he ended up going on to three peats so he was playing a lot of games they were playing more games during those seasons too i believe they were playing like 100 game seasons and yeah. he or, or you know i guess that he ended up playing 100 game seasons because you know the 
uh, regular season plus the playoff games, you know, so he was playing well. Yeah, you're going to make the playoffs every year. Yeah. And, well, yeah. Uh, I think that equals 90. Well, it depends on how many games you – because they're not sweeping everybody. So, yeah, it's 100. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he – you know what I'm saying? He, he's a lot of wear and tear on it. So, I think that's really what kind of ultimately pushed it. The guy that I was thinking about, though, is Charles Smith. And he kind of – that's the guy I was telling you about. Like, uh, it was another big man that the Knicks had. He's the guy in the documentary where toward the end of the game, the Knicks had a chance to, like, go up with – all they had to do was make a layup. He went up like three times and got packed like all three times trying to just make a simple layup yeah. under the basket. And it's it's like one of the things that Knicks fans probably, you know, really hated to see. But that, he's another one of the big guys I was talking about. But really, uh, going back to what I was saying about, you know, how they attacked him, though, like if you go back and just watch those highlights of that game, um, what I was saying is they really full court pressed, you know, the Knicks, turned those big men into where they had to kind of handle the ball, got them in a place where they were, um, you know, they weren't used to doing that. And really, yeah. you don't see that in the NBA no more. I think, you know, people have asked, like, Steve Curry, like, why don't you guys try – you know, like, why don't we try this in the NBA now? You know, what? why don't people press? Well, really now in the NBA, you can't do that. Because if you press, you, no. you miss an assignment no. down on the, you know, the back end of the court, somebody's open for a three, pops it right there. We, we live in yeah. – right now the NBA is a place where just about anybody can shoot a three. Now, if you can't shoot a three, you better be bringing something else to the table that's, that's crazy. Cause you better you better be really good on that defensive end. I can tell you that. Exactly. Much. You know, exactly. it's a three point shooting game. It was so funny that it wasn't just a few years ago when, you know, a lot of people were preaching and Charles Barkley was one of them. A jump shooting team can never win a championship. And for the longest time, that was so true. It was one hundred percent true. A jump shooting team was not going to win a championship. You had to have you had to be really good at the paint. Mm-hmm. And obviously, the Warriors came. There was a big time jump shooting team, and, you know, and then that's what Tar and it changed the game. That's who Charles Bar- Barkley were really targeting. And he used to keep saying a jump shooting team would never win the championship. And like I said, I mean, I think to a certain degree it can, uh, it, it holds weight a little bit. You still got to have that inside presence. Yeah, you got to have balance. Yeah, you got to have that balance. I mean, that's I think that's how LeBron gets to the finals every year. He has that mm-hmm. inside game. You know, and he has a lot of outside shooters that can handle his work for him when he doesn't want to shoot outside. So, um, you still you still need a lot of inside presence, and that's what the 90s brought. They had a lot of big men. To me, yeah. the, the 80s and the 90s, well, you can throw the 70s too. They had a lot of big men. You had the Wilts. You had Bill Russell, Kareem, you know, Shaq. Patrick Ewing, Akeem Olajuwon, Robert Parrish. Robert Parrish. I mean, we go down the line. So, yeah. you had guys that was really good in the paint. And that changed the NBA to what it is today. That exactly. that changed the game a little bit. And when people start saying, okay, I can't get inside, I better start shooting. Because now, as time went on, it started allowing the smaller guys, you know, to be able to play in the NBA. You know, mm-hmm. not saying that 6'3 is small, but, you know, according to the average height in the NBA, 6'3", 6'2", 6'3", 6'2", guys can play now. Because they don't got to go in the paint. And if they yeah, can go in the paint, that's more of a, a plus to them. I mean – how many times would you did you see a JJ Barea or you know, Chris Paul or all Shoot, even guys? like a Trey Young, you know? Trey Young. Think, think about that, Trey Young, Young now, man. Size. Yeah, yeah, in the NBA. That's right. That's right. It's crazy. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. I and uh, you know, during that time, uh there well, let's see. I I can't remember, you know, that that I know they brought it up in this, you know, this past week's episodes, but uh, the book came out, Jordan Rules. And I actually recently started looking you know, for this book, I've been on eBay looking for, 
you know, uh, um, books to read and everything. I just purchased one, but yeah, I was looking at getting uh, Jordan rules. Oh, I'm kind of interested in, you know, reading it now, but um, haven't had the chance to get it just yet. But the, apparently this book came out and uh, it got kind of interesting there for a second on the, uh, on the dock when uh, Michael kind of hints at, he thinks Horace, Horace Grant is the one that like leaked information to uh, the guy's name was Stan Smith, Sam Smith, something like that, that wrote it. Mm-hmm. And, Sam Smith. Um, Horace totally denies it. He's like, no, he's like, I, I didn't, you know, I, I never leaked anything or anything like that. DJ Armstrong was says, you know, whether or not he did it, it wouldn't have been just him. It, it had to have came from multiple reports and stuff like that. During, Which during that right. time, Which how much right. do you think that that would have affected um, their team play and everything? Um, I think it affected it a whole lot uh-huh. because all people say, all people say is that, but if it went for the Jordan Wolves, would Jordan be as dominant? Now that's a great argument. I mean, obviously we we've seen what happened. Uh, now there's two sets of Jordan rules when you think about it. You got the league Jordan rules because mm-hmm. of what the Pistons did, and then you got the Jordan rules more of what was going on in the locker room. Exactly. And uh, I think it was more of you had high official, high execs. They were. I think it was more of them leaking information. I think you that know, I too. I don't think it was too many. I don't think it was too much of players because with players, a lot of players, when you're on the sports team, you know, we can attest to this. You like to keep a lot of that stuff in the locker room. You know, you don't, you don't want to really leak mm-hmm. everything. And there's something, I mean, there's a lot of things I've seen in the locker room that I ain't going to say why I'm still there, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, probably years down the line, you can probably see it like right now. I think they're okay. That's the reason why the last dance is out. Wait, what? Thirty years from now? Yeah, because people are okay with what they see from now. They mm-hmm. everybody's okay. But right now, during the time of that stuff, you don't leak none of that information. It's more of like the unwritten rule of the locker room. Anything that goes on in the locker room stays in the locker room. And I, it had to be people like execs that were within the locker room leaking that stuff. I just can't see. It kind of sounded like something that Kraus that Kraus would want to get out. And that, honestly, that don't shock me, don't shock me at all. Uh uh-uh. Because when you see how much like hate he had towards Jordan and Scotty getting all the praise, yeah, I would be more like, you know, you, I don't, I don't, I don't want to get that. In my opinion, it was so cringe I, that the the thing he said, was. the phrase he had in the in this you know this week's. Episode, I mean, he said it. He, he finds a way to always kind of rephrase it, but, um, you know, they, they had like a, a video of him uh, talking, you know, he was getting interviewed after they had won, um, you know, their third championship, I believe. And he was just like, you know, it's great that the players did this, but we have a really good organization from top to bottom, this organization, it's all about the organization, you know, it's all about the, you know, us executives and everything. We put all this together. It was just like, why do you, you know, it's like he kept repeating himself and everything with it. It was just like, can you not just, you know, have fun in the moment, just give them credit for what they just did and, yeah. you know, not focus so much on yourself. I know, like, you were in the prime winning multiple championship teams that don't even get an opportunity to do that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. And you complaining? Because you don't get the praise, like exactly. <laughs> you know, you you see the motives, and he and you think think about this stuff. The man was willing to tear down a dynasty just because he didn't get the praise he wanted. And you know who that reminds me a lot of? <laughs> Jerry Jones. Because Jerry Jones did uh-huh. the same thing. He did the same thing 
when uh, – oh, what's his name? I can't think of his name currently. The head coach at the time. When uh, they Jimmy Johnson? Super- Jimmy Johnson. At the time, they were winning auto Super Bowl with Jimmy Johnson. And he freaking – he said, I can win Super Bowls without you, which he did. He won one. Mm-hmm. But obviously, they could have won more because you still had the prime. You had the core with Troy Aikman, um, uh, Michael. Emmett Smith, maybe, right? Michael Michael Irvin. Yeah, Emmett Smith. And you cost all of that just because you want to be like, I can win championships without you. And that's the same thing Jerry Cross wanted. He could have won trying to prove that he can win championships without Jordan or Scotty. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you've seen what happened when they all left. When Phil, Jordan, and Scotty all left, they had the worst record in the NBA the next year after 98. Yeah. Which they probably gonna probably get to, so you cost all of that, you know. And we could make a case Jerry Cross uh, probably cost Jordan some of his rings. He could have probably had more rings if you think about it. If it wasn't for him yeah. always divulging, trying to put himself first over the team, like when they when they I forgot what championship they won. I think it was the third championship. He was like one of them. The second, I don't know. He was like. It starts with the organization. It starts with the organization. You know, mm-hmm. we got a great guy. He said, yeah, the players got to play, but we really want it right here. We want it right here in the organization. Which, yes, you got to have a great organization to win. Yeah. I totally believe in that. But he made it more seem like it was the only reason why they did win. You know, mm-hmm. so. You know. Yeah, it, 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 I don't know, man. It's 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 tough. Um, I – I don't know. The, the more the more we go on learning about this kind of stuff with Jerry, it just looks like you know it's there was a big disconnect between the front office and the players. And, and nowadays, you see, I mean, you start to see less and less of that kind of stuff. That those kinds of uh, personalities and everything, like where mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Like now nowadays, it's the owners are very hands on. You know, you see like Steve Ballmer, he's very hands on with the Clippers. He's really hands on. Um, you know, the the Warriors. Mark the Cuban. Are, yeah, Mark Cuban. Mark like Cuban for the it's Mavericks. just. A, yeah. It's a big thing now where they're just kind of hand in hand and they, they all kind of know yeah. each other. They have a good familiarity. Um, but, you know, Jordan, you know, he didn't quite let him get away with everything. I mean, Jordan, it's funny because Jordan will crack on him pretty hard every now and then. I mean, shoot, the first episode, I mean, he's, like, he's like, what's that pill you're taking? Is that your, um, your diet <laughs> pill or, you know, is that to help you grow? And then he, he would tell him like other stuff. Like this past, uh, this past week, uh, Jared was lighting up a cigar and, he said, "No, no, you don't get to smoke that. It's gonna stunt your growth and <laughs> stuff like that." I know. I, I and, die. And then the look, then the look he used to have on his face. Oh I my died. god, it's funny. I know. Man. Um, <laughs> so going going back to, the, I think it was the first episode this this past week. Um, they really dive into the dream team a lot. I know we kind of talked about that a little bit last week, um, and they kind of started off with, you know, Isaiah missing the cut, and Jordan goes into detail saying, you know, it wasn't my decision. I'd play with him. I wouldn't enjoy it. But it it wasn't up to me. I'm not the one that made that decision for Isaiah to not get, you know, chosen to the dream team. And he kind of, you know, like he didn't say it, but it kind of implied there was multiple people that probably did not want to play with him, including, as you had mentioned in the past, Magic Johnson. Apparently him and Magic had a big, you know, feud, um, you know, for a long time there. So right. um, it kind of makes me think there was a lot of people on that dream team that just really did not like him. They didn't. And I would say it was more of, uh... See when you win, especially at that highest level like that, people some people can't let that go. Mm-mm. And Isaiah Thomas, they did not only use they weren't all only using their Jordan moves on Michael Jordan being that physical. They were playing that type of defense on every one they played against. Obviously the Celtics, they were playing like that. I mean, 
Ozzy had Thomas had fights with Larry, had fights with Magic. Obviously, he had fights with Scotty and Jordan. So it wasn't just a one man thing. It was more of Magic. I mean, you know how Magic was. Magic gonna mm-hmm. talk his talk regardless of who you and who gonna dispute with Magic because before MJ, the face of the league was Magic Johnson because yeah. he played for the face. He played for the 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 team, the franchise of the league, the Lakers. So, Lakers I mean, he whatever he said goes. I mean, they even showed one time he talked to the referee and got the referee to change the call in a game. So, <laughs> I mean, that's crazy. Magic <laughs> he talked to the referee, referee changed the call. So, that's how you know Magic had that pull on like any, anybody else. So, if Magic said something, it was going to go. Mm-hmm. And I don't see if Magic was the one to say, hey, I don't think we should get Isaiah on this team. I don't see many people disputing that because a lot of people already didn't like Isaiah. And Isaiah had won those two championships, and the way they were winning those championships, being physical, beating up on guys, I thought that – I think that um, a lot of those guys were actually pretty happy that they didn't have Isaiah. But at that time, did he deserve to be on the team? No question. You can't have the second greatest point guard ever not on the freaking all-dream team. Yeah, the way the way Jordan kind of talked about it, he said, like, if we had him there, the camaraderie just wouldn't have been the same. Apparently, everybody got along. Everybody was playing cards. They get together, you know, and, and do – like, they, they do all these little, like, competitive things with each other. Just, you know, and they, and they had a blast. And I, I really enjoyed that whole, you know, segment of them talking about the dream team. Of course, you know, the scrimmage where Jordan's team's down by eight and then comes back and, you know, and beats Magic and uh, Charles Barkley's team. That was really cool. Uh, but really where it started, I, I, I learned a good bit. You know, every every episode I ended up learning something I didn't know before. And really the thing I kind of learned this past week was uh, the stuff about Tony, Tony Kukoc. And, uh, oh, yeah. That, that was, was that was pretty cool. I, I really did cool. like that. Um, I mean, so for those of you that may not have watched it, uh, so Tony Kukoc, you know, uh, like a famous kind of like six man pretty much for the Bulls. Uh, he played – what was it? Croatia? It was Croatia. I want to oh, say or something. Yeah, he played for Croatia, and uh, they played against the Dream Team in the Olympics. Uh, played them twice. First time they face him, Jordan and Pippen, because apparently uh, Kraus loved Tony Kukoc, and since he loved Tony Kukoc, that meant that Scotty and MJ had to hate him. They had to teach Kraus a lesson that hey, whatever you like, they're not that great. So they 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 were there to prove a point. They told the rest of the Dream Team. Leave them to us. Scotty and I will pick them up the whole game. And they absolutely gave it to Tony. And it was kind of mean, uh, you know, it, coming from, you know, Tony's, you know, standpoint. But I kind of get it. You know, the more I kind of um, understand their um, animosity toward Jerry Krause. So uh, what, what all did you think about that, that whole part of it, though? I thought it was very interesting. I thought it was very interesting. I thought that when they talked about the, how they used to – how Jerry Krause was uh, – so so big on Tony Kukoc, and it offended Michael Jordan again. Competitive drop. <laughs> yes, you know, common and theme. It, it, yeah, common thing. And then eventually it bled into Scotty because Scotty was the same way. Mm-hmm. You know, Scotty said he liked it Michael Jordan competitive drive like that because when, I mean I mean back to earth some early episode when Scotty first got on the team he said I'm aiming to be better than Michael Jordan I'm going to take over this team. Yeah, and he would go at Jordan. They said in practice, and I would have loved to watch that. Oh my gosh, a Scotty mm-hmm. practice! Oh man, two different teams. Oh yeah, that would have been incredible. No telling what you would have saw in that man. But, but overall, 
they wanted to show something a lot towards how um, Tony Kukoc, how how, good, how tough you gonna be, how hard are you gonna be when we when you get to U.S. And he, they said, like they said, they thought he was gonna quit. He ain't gonna want to play mm-hmm. at all. Saying some hurtful I, stuff after the game too. They were just like, I don't know if he's gonna make it when he comes over. I, yeah. just, I don't know if he can make it. That's what Scotty said, and it was it kind of took it a little far, honestly. But then in the goal in a championship game when he came back and they played, came back and was dropped sixteen points. So I mean, and he yeah. had a few. I think he had a double double. I think he had a few rebounds as well, like ten rebounds. So mm-hmm. he played it. He came back. And he toughed it out. And at that time, he was the best international player. You know, at that time, definitely. A lot of people think he was. Um, unless I could be wrong. Until until I mean, wasn't Hakeem Olajuwon from overseas or no? I think yeah, he he. He's definitely from – I don't know. I thought he was from overseas, but he played basketball. You know, he played at Houston uh, before he went to, um, yeah. you know, the NBA. That's but I, Kuk- I think that's – but, see, a lot of people call him Kukos the best one at a time, probably because he didn't play in college. He came from yeah. overseas. So I think that's why a lot of people are calling him that. But, yeah, in his own right, yes, I understand. So, yeah, when you when you look at it, that aspect, I, I saw the toughness of him come out. And you got a lot of guys that – through that competitive drive, Jordan impacted. Yeah, and, and, and as I said, funny, go ahead. I was about to say one of the funniest things I saw though, when Dennis Rodman made a comment uh, yesterday, saying if you place LeBron in the '90s, the second best player in the NBA at that time still would have been Scotty. Scotty, I saw that, and I said that's the goofiest thing ever. <laughs> Leave it to Rodman, man. Leave it to Rodman. Good night. So yeah. But what what I was going to mention, because I, when I was mentioning the common theme, like in this doc, like um, not only was this the first time that Jordan came after somebody because of Jerry, um, he came after Clyde. They talked about him going after Clyde Drexler in the finals because everybody wanted to compare the two. And he, he yeah. really went after him. He's like, no, you're not going to compare me to him. This guy's yeah. nowhere near me. Clyde still had a decent series um, overall, but, yeah, he definitely dropped off a bit. You know, like that kind of broke him. That next year, like if you go if you go and look at the stats, the following season, Clyde really kind of drops off a bit. And I think it's kind of because the loss to MJ in the finals, and then you know putting up with him in the in the um, on the dream team, like he, he really kind of put him in his place, honestly. And he did. He did. then it he goes did. on later on when they go and play the Suns in '93 in the finals. Uh, Jerry wants to go out and say that he really loves Dan Marley. He loves the way he plays. He's a great defensive player. Jordan goes, "Oh, really?" And then. From then on, um, yeah, it, it, dropped, it, it, 55, dropped fifty-five points on his head. Too. Didn't end up well. Yeah, and Jordan that series averaged forty-one points per game. So he was averaging forty-one, eight and eight. He was carving them up. He was carving them up, man. Jordan, uh, Jordan was another planet that series. So that was know. cool. I, I really liked the breakdown of the Suns and Bulls thing. I thought that was really cool watching the highlights of that, though. Yeah, and the Suns an interesting team back then. Yeah, oh, yeah, those teams were good. Mm-hmm. Like they say, that Suns team was amongst one of the best. I mean, Barkley and Dan Marley and um, oh, what's his name? Kevin Johnson. Name. Kevin, just right. Kevin Johnson. That team was stacked. See, stacked at that time. People don't understand the difference from between that time yeah. and today. Because, like I say, how many people gonna remember the? the Lob City Clippers. We do because we grew yeah, up we in it. People mm-hmm. back then grew up in it as well. And they grew up and like, oh, man, those teams were good. 
But we all we look at is stats and records, and we're gonna be like, oh well, they weren't that good. They didn't win. Yeah. But we can't look at it that way because when you look at the Clippers, we saw the Clippers. They was a pretty good basketball team. We're gonna see the Rockets. I don't think the Rockets will win any championship. And we sat here and watched through the Rockets the entire time. Guess what? We don't think the Rockets gonna be as good as the same way we think about those teams back then. I mean, look at the Utah Jazz. People don't give the Utah Jazz enough respect for how good they were. But they were still one of the best teams in the NBA. They had to beat no some hard teams in order to get to those finals. Exactly. And people don't remember. They beat the Spurs, who had David Robinson and Tim Duncan. They beat the Lakers, who had four All-Stars. And then they beat the Rockets, who had Clyde Drexler, Charles Barkley, and Hakeem Olajuwon. But nobody want to give them that credit. No. Oh, they're just the Utah Jazz. Who has, like, I hate when they say, who has LeBron played? I mean, obviously the Warriors are really good. Who has LeBron played that was better? Yeah, the Warriors are really good. But when you compare those teams to back then at that time, those teams were really good. But they were just getting beat by teams who, had, who were fundamentally sound yeah. and who were better. There's, back there's back then, if you had two two good guys, like if you, had, if you just had two pretty decent guys, like you were, you were going to be a decent team. Like now, you kind of have to stack the deck, kind of. But yeah. back then, if you just had maybe two or three solid guys, you know, like like you know the Bulls had with you know MJ and Pippen, you were set. That's right. It's just about how teams gonna remember others. And some some like you say, when we get older, a lot of the, the younger generation they're not gonna think about it the same way we think about it, because <laughs> we know about a lot of these teams that are good. Like the younger generation ain't gonna never think the Pacers were good. They ain't gonna yeah. never know anything about the Pacers. We would know about the Roy Hibbert and the Paul. Drew. The old Pacers team. Were good. That was fun. I I, I really did like that Pacers team. I did. I like that Pacers team as well. You know, a lot of people ain't gonna. A lot of people ain't gonna look at it that way. They just say, "Oh, they them teams weren't good. Look who he had to play." Then whoever their goat is, when they grow up, we got to defend LeBron in that case. So. That's why we got we got to keep doing this kind of stuff. We got to keep reminding them, man. Yeah, you got to keep reminding. I mean. Uh-huh. Documentaries are good because you exactly. got a lot of people don't remember because they weren't they didn't obviously they didn't grow up at yeah, that time did. and they don't see because people don't a lot of people gonna never remember the Knicks were pretty good yeah a yeah. little bit through our age I mean when Carmelo was on there people don't remember though that Knicks, a fun or, team. The, or the Denver Nuggets you know see it's just so different Denver Nuggets with Carmelo, Carmelo Anthony you know there's a lot of good teams that were really good something the cracks man yeah. But uh, Barkley, Barkley really gained a lot of respect. I think he was a big winner this past week. It's all, there's always a guy that you know comes, you know, a, a former player. He'll come and talk on these, you know, each week, and you know they really make a good case for themselves. So it was very humbling of him to, you know, say if I was going to lose to anybody, you know, I'm glad I lost to, you know, to Michael. And yeah. um, you know, there had been, you know, Draymond has been talking his head off here these past couple weeks, saying some stuff he probably shouldn't. And a lot of the times we'll go back and we'll kind of he, – he often draws the comparison to Barkley just because of the size and the energy, the defense kind of thing. But, honestly, Barkley, Barkley was on another level. Barkley really Whoa. was. And he – you know what I'm saying, today, like I think that was a big takeaway from this, from this past weekend's uh, episodes was, you know, it's not even a comparison. Like it, they should never be compared again. Honestly, if you just want to compare size, then sure, that's fine. But – Draymond, you cannot talk anymore. Like, you know, get, get out of here with that crap. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Draymond going to talk his talk. Draymond, That's just Draymond, man. 
he's starting to get that Paul Pierce mentality a little bit. Mm-hmm. He thinks he's got to be included in every argument when they talk about this thing or certain thing. Like, anytime they talk, like with Paul Pierce, talk about they talk about a great shooter or a great legacy or something, Paul Pierce already got to always include his name to it. That's the same thing with Draymond. Not happening, bro. His name. Now, I will say this. He deserved to include his name into the Warriors dynasty because without him, mm-hmm. they're not they're, they're not as good. His defense, I mean, he did win defensive player of the year, got second two other years. He is one of the best. I mean, he is he's a, a respectable most, player. He really is. I mean, but, to me, he, he is like the Rodman of the Bulls. They yes. need him. They need him. That's a better yeah, – I think that's how we should probably keep it from now on is just tell, saying, hey, he's more like Robin than he is Pippen. You know, or not, not Pippen, but yeah. more like Robin than he is Barkley. You know? Barkley, yeah. that's what they need to say. You're right. That's yeah. right. You're right. Because somebody right was sharing – they were sharing, like, highlights um, this past week, you know, like showing stuff. There was, like, a sequence where uh, Barkley came down, you know, had a slam dunk, went down to the other end, got a steal, took the whole way up the court, and then just stopped, popped a three. You know, the same yeah. like really, if you think about it, the Suns were really ahead of their time. They kind of they could they play were. like small ball, you know, the they way could. they had it. And I mean, they for their time, it's like a three point team. That's right. Yeah. You hit those small ball with them boys to win. <laughs> That's why they beat a lot of those good teams. That's exactly. right. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, last thing I want to hit on when it comes to the this, uh, you know, the documentaries this past weekend was it kind of hit a point for a second there, and it kind of took me off guard. Um, when they started going into really Jordan's off the court presence, and they brought up a time, a point in time, and this is really interesting. I, I think we could talk about this for a minute, but um, and especially with everything going on right now. So basically, there was a point where North Carolina, you know, Jordan being, you know, you, you know, being a legend in North Carolina, you know, winning, you know, North Carolina yeah. national championship, everything. Uh, yeah. There was a there was a racist guy running for governor, and then there was a black man running against him. And, of course, you know, knowing how we are nowadays, like our society as a whole, uh, it'd be natural for an athlete of his, you know, of of how he is made and everything to maybe step up and, um, you know, and, you know, inspire people to, you know, go out and vote for this guy, you know, this guy that's running against this racist. And Jordan at that time was not about it. He he said, uh, "I'm pretty pretty sure it's like quote unquote uh, Republicans buy shoes too, buy my shoes too." Yeah, right, yeah. And <laughs> you know, and, and it strikes a chord with specifically our generation because we, you know, how we've grown up. You know, right now all we see in the world is people, you know, making a stand. You know, like people using their um, their exposure to um, to motivate others to kind of think in the same way as them, or or you know, like bring change about. Yeah. And and like and I'm saying that kind of now, and, and it's interesting because you know we all kind of know about what's recently happened here in Georgia. Um, you know, the black man getting shot, you know, in South Georgia um, by two That's white men, and you know, and and that, that not being arrested, they just got arrested yesterday and everything. Um, and it's where a comparison kind of gets drawn between the two, you know, because LeBron and MJ are always going to be compared, but when it comes to being compared in this in this way, LeBron came out yesterday and put out a post, you know, like you know, we're always being hunted. Like he, LeBron's always been very vocal about it. Now, what did you think about this whole sequence of this, um, of this portion of the documentary? Well, the way I think about it is we as a society hold celebrities, athletes, you know, people on a high platform to 
higher standards. And I think that's where we make the mistake. Because like somebody said in the documentary, they said with that type of fame comes with more responsibility. Okay, I agree. Now, does that mean that you have to indict yourself into different things a part of the world? No. No. Um, I would say that MJ did not necessarily have to help the man run because I, I sided with him on this one. When he said, I didn't know the man. Mm-hmm. Now, like he said, I didn't know the man. You know, I don't know what he actually stood for. Now, was he running against a racist? He probably was. Probably he was going against him. He was going yeah. against the other um, senator. Mm-hmm. But you can't force George. Yeah, that governor. It was like senator. Yeah, you're right. Senator, I yeah. I think I misspoke earlier. Yeah. You can't force Jordan Hand to endorse him because they're black. You know, you can't do that. Now, it's more of a choice thing, in my opinion. If you if you want to do that, so be it. Because some people want to stay out of that because it brings controversy. And I think that's what MJ wanted to do. He said, I want to stay out of that because it's more like I'll be doomed if I do it. I'll be doomed if I don't do it. Exactly. Because let's say if you run with the guy and he didn't endorse him enough, as they say, oh, well, you didn't do this. Oh, well, you didn't do that. Oh, you didn't help help enough on your uh, endorsement towards him. I mean, they say MJ donated to him. Yeah. He wasn't going to no, make no commercials or endorsement types of things with him because he said he never met the guy and he didn't know the guy. You know, you just can't do that just because of your name, and I don't, I don't, I don't like when people do that Mm-mm. because they feel that athletes or celebrities supposed to be on this political side because of what they stand. I mean, because of who they are or what their home is. That don't make anything. That don't mean anything. They still have to live a life like you. Just because you're open with your political ideas doesn't mean that yeah, they everybody else has to be. Yeah. yeah, everybody else don't have to be open with their political um, ideas or I side. Agree. You yeah, know, that's and and I totally um I, I really agreed with him too. I'm a lot like you on that where um I myself I've never been a real political person. In fact, like yeah. you know, I, I've been able to vote, I haven't done it. And, yeah. and you know, I, I'm coming out, you know, saying that I've just never been a big political person. I don't like getting involved Same. with it. I hate Same. getting I hate getting involved because I, I'm kinda like Jordan. I don't want to make you know, I, it's you know, if you say one thing, you're gonna upset somebody. If you say if you don't say it, you're gonna upset somebody else. So exactly. it's just so you're gonna be wrong either way. That's that that's and that's why you don't wanna pitch yourself in that situation at all. Where it's better for me just not to worry about it at all. Like if you yeah. believe so, so be it. Right. But I'm gonna say I believe this and I'm just gonna stick to what I believe, you know? And mm-hmm. and people they pit Jordan on so high of a pedestal that they believe, oh, since you're black, you got to endorse the black man. You know? Yeah. And I think both should now, be looked at great because, I mean, yeah. you, you got to think about it. Jordan stood up for those that don't want to get political. And then, you know, LeBron kind of goes uh, uh, over and beyond, you know, what he, you know, what is probably asked of him when it comes to these things. Like, you know, he has the things that more than an athlete, he likes to speak out on like, um, you know, stuff that's going on in the world, any crisis or anything like that. So, I mean, I think we should look at both, you know, you know, highly. I mean, you got to have both types of people in this world. If you have a one of you one of one and none of another, then we're never going to have any good come about. So it's important and that we I have respect those types LeBron. of people. And I love what LeBron do because what LeBron does, 
he helps the black community. He goes out and like like creates the schools because as we as we talked about yesterday, I mean, well, not as we talked about yesterday, as we saw yesterday that the black men, I mean, the two white guys did finally get arrested <laughs> for shooting that guy on the jaw. Like that's that's not. I mean, right. to me, I think that is wild that they had to wait three months for them to even be arrested. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Because when you get shot, and, and plus they know who done this. They mm-hmm. know who done this. So had them on tape and everything. Like it was on, yeah. clear. And they and they didn't do anything. And to me, I think I think that's not right. I think justice finally being served. Yes. And, and it's because of the social media. It's it really is. If if this yeah. thing didn't take a big social media, you know, if, if social media didn't go crazy with this, nothing may have ever been done. Honestly. And like they say, how many crimes are still out there right now that we don't know of that without social media, that didn't have no social media, that, did, that wasn't recorded. And they yeah. knew about this and they didn't take these people to jail. I, that's baffling to think about. That really yeah. is. You know, it's, it's, it's really wild to think about. So, you know, like I say, that's where LeBron is up and above Michael Jordan mm-hmm. because he, he goes out and pisses um, – reputation and egos and, and type of stuff on the line yeah, he really does yeah. and then and, and you know I, I i mean to be honest with you you know and, and you know you're 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 a really religious guy too but you know you have two and I, you'll get it here in a second but you have two guys on the opposite ends of the spectrum you got you got lebron on the high end and then you got michael who doesn't do, you know do anything i'd rather mm. you be one or the other and then as the bible says then you be lukewarm you know, and, I, and I spit you out. You know what I'm saying? Side so of the that's right. side. And both of them are, you know, that's why I respect both of them because they don't sit here and dabble in the middle. They're either going to be all in or all out. And that's what I really respect yeah. about it. So shout yeah. out to both guys. Um, they Michael, do. you know, Michael, all about the business. Uh, LeBron, all about I mean, change. And, and, everything. and like you say, you can't fault neither one for them doing it because, like, Michael Jordan is more like this. I was poor, I didn't have a lot of things when I grew up. I had to work hard for what I got. I finally got it. So I want to enjoy it. And I don't want to – because a lot of people – what irks me in some things is when people get mad about, like, certain people that got, you know, have a lot of money, and they donate, but they're like, well, you didn't donate enough. Huh? It's not up to you. Yeah. It's not up to you. Yeah, it's like if somebody – like if somebody donate $2 million or $3 million to – a certain organization, and they'll be like, "Well, that's like three dollars to you. Why you? Why don't you donate this much, dude? How much are you donating? Exactly. How much are you actually putting towards a, a certain organization or a certain um, discovery or something to help disease? You know, a lot of people don't look at it that way. They say, "Well, he got a lot of money. He should give twenty-five million. He should give a hundred million. That's not up to you. That's his money. And plus." He had it enough in his heart to give that amount of money. That is enough in itself because he mm-hmm. thought about, it. you know. And then, then they want to use well, they can use that off to, as tax write offs. People don't have to do a it, lot it, of this. Yeah, it, it, exactly. It is what it is. At least they're doing something. So just yeah, you know, they, let, they let, it's none of our business. Just let them do yeah. what they want to do, and then and leave it at that. I and, and like agree. I said, even if, if like I said, if he gives, he's due. If he don't give, he's due. you're right you're right but i thought that was interesting i'm glad they kind of brought it up because it was interesting to hear about i had no clue about that i'd never heard about it so i it was cool to learn about 
Um, mm-hmm. So that kind of wraps up. Is there anything I, that you kind of wanted to talk about? I, that kind of wraps up my main topic. Oh, no, we, we did. We covered a lot of topics today. Yeah. Really good. Uh huh. So, yeah, I'm just going to update you a little bit on the blacklist watching. Uh, we finished uh-huh. season one yesterday. So, uh huh. Uh huh. Yep. So, <laughs> but I made it this far on that. And, so, what you uh, thought? What you thought? I like. I mean, I like it. So there's still a lot of questions to be answered. So I mean, it's, yes. we're learning stuff every episode, but there's still a lot of questions to be answered. Yeah, have your dad watch every episode as well? Oh yeah, he's watching it, man. He loves it. He loves it more than I do, man. I'm telling you, he <laughs> like his so, favorite show. Uh, what? So I got a question. What you think about Tom King? Um, I can't. I don't want to say too much because I don't want to. Okay. Spoil it. Um, I don't think he's totally bad though, and I don't think he's. You know, what I'm saying like there's um. I don't know. It's it's hard to say, honestly. I don't I don't feel like I still know enough about him yet. So we'll talk yeah. about it a little bit more after I after I get done with the recording of this. Though I'll tell you a little yeah. bit. But, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, what about you? Has, has there been anything you've been watching here lately that uh, you'd recommend for everybody to to watch out there? Um, a lot of people been telling me about Outer Banks. I'm going to start Outer Banks either today or tomorrow. A lot of people tell like me. It. So I got to start on it. I'm going to start on Game of Thrones next Ooh. week. So you've never watched never Game watched of Thrones? It. Never watched it. Wow, watched Torres. So, you're going to love it. Okay. I, I, I think you're going to love it. Dude, it's awesome. Can't wait. Hey, can't stay wait. strong. There's going to there's gonna hit a point. And I think in, – in, all right, so my girlfriend's mom, she's a big Blacklist watcher too, and she said that she – there was one episode she thought about quitting after this one episode. Now, you probably Ooh. know about it. There's one episode in Game of Thrones. I can't tell you what it is, but you're going to hit one episode where, honestly, well, this is how I felt. I was wanting to quit. I was just like, you mm-hmm. know what? That's it. I hate what what just happened. I'm done. <laughs> no, I, kept, I kept on watching. I feel like that's going to happen in Blacklist. Somebody's probably going to, you know, something's going to happen to somebody that I'm probably not going to like, but. It will. It yeah. Will. So, <laughs> hey, if you can get through that, you can get through Game of Thrones. Okay. But so. it is, it is, but see, what what you probably going to eventually endure in Black, it ain't going to make you want to quit. It's going to it's gonna raise more questions. And okay. it's going to raise so many questions to the point you're going to be like, is it worth me to just watch all this or I'm just going to go to Wikipedia and read all about it and get all my questions okay. answered? <laughs> but it's going to be worth it to watch it because everything's going to make so much sense. Like, once you get, once you get through about, this might be long, but I say once you get through about season four, mm-hmm. you're about to be like, like wow and wow. Okay, okay. it's gonna be really good. Okay, you don't like uh, one recommendation I have out there for everybody. Um, this this week, uh, watched the uh, movie Extraction on Netflix. It's like yeah. a Netflix original. Have you have you watched it? I haven't watched it. Yet. I'm gonna watch it. Yes. Yeah, you heard about you'll it. Def- They're talking about the action scenes on there. You're oh, gonna like gosh. it. Yeah, I know you'll love you'll love it, but um, but yeah, very John Wick esque. So like the fight Ooh. scenes and everything. Yeah, so mm-hmm. it's 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 very good. I got. I mean, don't get me wrong; it's not like no um, award winning performance or anything, but it's very good for a Netflix, um, you know, original. I'm not I'm not huge on Netflix originals, but Outer Banks has been good, and that was pretty good. So I got to give it to them; they did pretty good with it. Um, the action scenes are great. So yeah, I liked it. Um, anything else you want to mention before we end the show? No. Great to be on the show once again. I love you, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, Yeah, great to have you again. Thank you for joining. But uh, but you guys can. I'll tag Torres again. You guys make sure to give him a follow. It's Punisher Torres on everything, right? That's right. At Punisher Torres. So yeah, follow him um, on all social media platforms. And uh, thank you guys for listening in. You guys can listen on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Please subscribe. 
And uh, you can follow us actually on Twitter as well at the TGL podcast. But uh, thank you guys for listening and see you soon.